0: All right. So you said you raise cattle? Yeah. Okay. So how much cattle you got? Uh, or wait, is that on. something you can actually ask a, a man? That's like an that's... indication that you don't raise cattle asking that <laughs> yeah. question, but I don't mind.
1: Exactly. Okay. I don't mind. Okay. And I also don't know an accurate number. I'm going to say somewhere between 45 and 50 uh, breeding age mamas. Okay. Mm. A gotcha. A couple of bulls thrown in, mm-hmm. some spare yearling heifers here or there. You might have traded for a hay bell or whatever. <laughs> You know, things like that, but somewhere in that neighborhood. I'm glad I have my agricultural business partner to
0: translate this stuff for me. Can, can, you, can you translate for me what's going on uh, here? All
2: I'm thinking is I can sell uh, Casey some hay maybe later. Hey, let's talk. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's talk. We're all in need right now. Connections, yeah. man. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right.
0: Speaking of connection or speaking of in need, um, us talk, talk about in need of a refresher of your perspective on things. My wife texted me the other day and said gas is at 299 and i'm like why are we excited about this (laughs) i know it's
1: pathetic huh
0: why is that exciting i'm like i remember when it hit 299 and we were freaking out but it's like if it's worse the thing that's bad looks better and you're celebrating you know it's like it's like you know the the, well i was about to say the jews coming out of egypt but then again they still found a reason to complain (laughs) they did they did i mean it's like the wilderness isn't as bad as as building pyramids, but they still complained. Yep. There's some stories about that. But anyway, what? Interesting
1: start. <laughs>
0: man, I, I, I try to keep it. It's just off-the-wall conversation, man. That's the best. I mean, the, the scripted stuff, I can't stand. I mean, I guess it's because we live in a time where most of our most of the people on on tv it just seems so scripted whether it's celebrities late night talk show hosts uh, politicians it just looks so scripted i think people are yearning for authentic conversation and sure. i think that's why this medium is taken off yeah. you know not not my podcast particularly eventually i mean I'm, when does this episode come out i'm <laughs> hoping ho- i'm hoping it le- dude
1: Back off. Who knows? (laughs) So do my uh, takes need to be timeless? Because I don't want them to be dated if it's going to be like next year that this is rolling out. Dude, you know, that's the the cool thing about history, about recorded history. Nobody,
0: when they were making history, thought, "Ah, you know, this needs to be timeless. So I need to make this fit with what's going to happen in 100 years. I think that's that's one of the things that makes the time we live in kind of bland is everybody's thinking, oh, is this going to jive with what people think? And a couple months, a couple years. That's a good point. It's like, well, that—that's no way to live. That makes everything kind of uninteresting. That's true. You're self censoring yourself to a degree. Exactly. Yeah. But, but the funny thing about that is, people think they're being considerate. They think that they're they think that they're being considerate of others, but it's actually pretty self centered. It's kind of, I don't know. It's just my hot take. I'm learning things already, man. I may need to lay down for this conversation though. It's kind of
1: therapeutic already.
0: I'm I'm, I'm, like, I'm telling you I'm Rogan without the drugs and cussing. That's that's what I am, man. But the cash.
1: Yes. Right. I noticed you didn't leave that out. I'm hoping that's where I do plan for the future. This will be the catapult or the descent. I don't know what I'm going to do to you guys podcast, but I I apologize either way. The, the fact that you are a podcaster yourself shows that
0: we're heading in the right direction. I saw, I I saw a link, uh, you know who the Babylon B is? Oh yeah. So I saw a link. It said, you know, they do satire and one of their articles was a uh, nations podcasters have a moment of existential dread as mm-hmm. they notice that their podcast consists completely of interviewing other podcasters about each other's podcasts. So, <laughs> so, wait a minute. And that came out, that article came out the day that I released one of my two podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like And it just happened that day I had somebody with another podcast on my podcast.
1: it just works it's a sustainable ecosystem it really is the way i look at it regenerative broadcasting yeah
0: it's kind of like actors interviewing actors kind of thing which they love to do yeah so
1: i'm happy to be here (laughs) yeah are we (laughs) now the question is are we actors (laughs) sometimes (laughs) yeah you got to be like every time i've been in front of a woman for the most part exactly although now Mm -hmm. i'm domesticated you guys know that i'm about to be domesticated really yeah i'm getting married soon congratulations bro thank you so when I'm, when is the big uh, day? Uh, October nine. Nice. Like within a month, right or a month exactly, dude. That's awesome.
2: That, that is a bye week,
1: right? It is not a bye week, but I it's was on a Sunday. Right. It's on a Sunday. She is an authentic Mexican <laughs> woman, and if you grew up around other cultures, you know that for some reason white people did not choose Sundays to party, but others did. <laughs> I learned that uh, growing up in Littlefield, Texas, America, and yep. so I feel like we're not going to be afraid to party on this. Columbus Day Eve, as a matter of fact. So some of the bankers in attendance will at least have the next day off. I guess yeah. inspectors possibly will have the next day off. <laughs> I don't know, man.
0: I had people telling me, uh, like, I worked, I worked this Monday, and they're like, "Oh, you're working on on a holiday?" I'm like, "What holiday is it? <laughs> right? What <laughs> day is it?" I'm really? not trying to, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to whatever holiday it is. It's just, I'm like, I don't like. Like, like there's extremes, you know. There's there's people who just never work. That, that, that work on all holidays and just don't care. Like, and then there's people who are expecting Martin Luther King Jr. to come down the chimney with presents. It's like they they respect <laughs> every single holiday as a point of it's got to be a day off. And if you, if you can get it off, great. The truth is I envy <laughs> people who take those days off. I can't. <laughs> Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's. Right. That's all that my mind can – because those are seasonal. Those are truly seasonal to sure. me. And I guess you can throw – Easter in there too, but I mean, Easter typically isn't, I don't remember, did we ever, was Easter ever a thing that we had school off for? It was on a Sunday. But I mean, like the Easter, I know that e- I know that Easter's <laughs> on a Sunday. Good Friday. I <laughs> meant like, yeah, the Good Friday, was that ever a thing that we could, man, I don't even know. Like a
1: following Monday or
0: something, maybe it seemed okay, like. No. I think that's what, I think that's what shapes your view of holidays is what you get school time off
1: on. Sure. Like Labor Day holiday feels like football season to me. So Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's a season, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Just in the rear view.
0: (laughs) So between cattle and getting married, what else do you do for
1: work? I do uh, several. Well, for work? Yeah. I sell real estate. Oh, you do that? Um, I do sell real estate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was about to say before you said work, I do several podcasts. Mm -hmm. You don't consider the podcasts work they don't generate any revenue.
0: So I, that's I, tough yet, to see though, isn't it? I mean, cause if it gets you publicity, does that not
1: in a way uh, generate some, some revenue? I feel like I would see the money if there was money. <laughs> like I've been pretty good for the most part at identifying when I have money or don't have money. Um, okay. publicity from a, a realty standpoint, is that what you mean? Or yeah. like Marketing wise? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. I I'm always hesitant to cross those streams. Mm-hmm. I try to separate the personality some don't mind mm-hmm. if someone has no idea of my broadcasting background that's fine with me also because mm-hmm. uh you know if if that's and that's not something i'm bringing to the table where i feel like has to be a part of the realty experience I obviously gotcha.
0: some people do or they just
1: know me so clearly but, it is but.
0: but you know it makes you more interesting as a person it makes you easier to work with it's like oh this guy's a, well i don't know maybe may, maybe being a celebrity makes you tough to work with I don't know. I wouldn't know. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the most unaware. I'm, a, I'm the most existentially crisis-ridden celebrity. I
1: don't even know that I am one. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a celebrity in my own mind. There in you at go. Family reunions, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not for any of the right reasons. Yeah. No, I uh, I try to separate the two. I guess yeah. for the most part, but I don't think. Whatever I am has to come through, just like everybody else. You know, there's not really yeah. any diluting that or, or changing it with any consistency. So <laughs> I got you. <laughs> That's what so, you're getting. Yeah. So on the whole podcasting thing,
0: and you've been doing it for how long now? Because I remember at Keller when we met for the first time, you were doing it back then, and that was eight years ago. So
1: well, I started in talk radio in Lubbock in two thousand five. Okay, and uh, wound up strictly in sports radio from two thousand nine to two thousand. 18. There was about a year period where I wasn't on, uh, came back for two years and really just got into podcasting like at the end of last year. Okay. Um, so the podcasting deal is kind <clears> of, <throat> kind of new to me. Yeah. Um, it was mostly just obviously terrestrial radio. So, right. So which the, is old to everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like when, when, you, when you say you're on the radio, people think nowadays that that means podcasting. To to a degree, I mean, when you say that, you know what, I
1: would like it if that was the case and vice versa. Because now I feel like I tell people, they're like, Hey, you still on the radio? I'm like, No, I got a podcast, and they're tuned out by the time I get pod out of my mouth, (laughs) you know, like, Oh, okay, it's like, What, like, not even (laughs) you millennial, as as small or chicken rigged as your local radio show might be. Not everybody has a radio show, you got to like actually go to a building and be let in somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you guys did let me into this building, so I appreciate it. You're welcome, but podcasting wise, like could kick out an episode from the pickup truck if you wanted to. Exactly, so. And all you need is a phone and an internet connection. <laughs> we demand to be taken seriously. Exactly. I feel like <laughs> God Bluth and the Magicians Alliance, we demand to be taken seriously. And I'm looking in the camera like a wrestler right now <laughs> to really get that message across. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage,
0: you're going down. So, you know, <laughs> I saw something about that. Macho Man Randy Savage, tangent here. All right. You know, he's in Spider-Man, uh, the first movie. He's bonesaw in yeah, Spider-Man. Bonesaw long. McGraw, I think. Yeah, he they did yeah. a, they did a joke. He's like he, he trained twenty years in WWE to be ready for Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> Method actor. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> God bless him. Rest in peace, when Randy he, Poffo. When did he pass, Poffo? Too soon. That's I don't know. Too soon. I, I I didn't even. Although when you look at the physique and you imagine what the body chemistry must have been like, yeah. Maybe he was around longer than you would think, than most scientists would predict. Yep. You know, professional
0: know. wrestlers don't have a great track record. Yeah, you look at the big ones, like, what is it, Andre the Giant? He died pretty young.
1: Uh, yeah, he's even big among them. I mean, that's, yeah, he's a real giant. So, who,
2: who was the guy that took a fall? I just remember in school, like coming home or coming to school the next day, and they said, Oh, so and so, was it last name Hart? I Owen, man.
1: Owen. From the rafters. Yeah. Hmm. And I, you know, at that time grew up wanting to be a guy that would kind of... Uh, I really thought you were about to say I grew up wanting to do professional wrestling. <clears throat> no, but I always wanted to repel from rafters until that day. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm never repelling from a rafter. Ooh, whoa. You know, we all got dreams, I guess, goals. Mine was to repel from rafters until <laughs> didn't go so well that time. At yeah. least not above a wrestling ring. I feel like if the turnbuckle wasn't there, maybe mm-hmm. it would have gone differently, although the floor was still there. Mm-hmm. But the turnbuckle, I think, was the initial point of collisions. You know you're going to get this breakdown on this episode. <laughs> no. So pretty well. Speaking of this, when did you realize you had the
0: gift of gab? Like the ability to just shoot the breeze and talk?
1: Oh, man. Like and- the first time the preschool teacher was like, shut up. <laughs> Quit talking. <laughs> no, That's I, a good point. I, uh, yeah, you say gift. I don't know about a gift. Uh, because, man, my my mouth has gotten me in trouble more times than, than I can count. So yeah, I have a book on my shelf that my, my father gave me once upon a time. It's more like a pamphlet almost, because mm-hmm. it's like, dude, this should be pretty simple. You don't need an entire book over this. It's called Taming Your Tongue. Yeah. <laughs> and that was mm-hmm. actually, you know, there was some good wisdom in, inside of that book. Yeah. So yeah. thanks, Dad. Uh-huh. And he knew it better than anybody that I've got to be tamed. It's, it's <laughs> So this is tamed. Yeah. This oh, is me man. on the other side of that book. Dude. <laughs> That's scary to think about,
0: right? <laughs> we've got a we've got a guy. We were talking about him earlier that we go to church with. He's he's that way, you know. Who I'm talking about,
2: yeah, yeah. The he's, preacher?
0: No, oh. no, no, Unf- no. He's a uh, they, they they let this guy preach from time to time. He's he'll he'll get up there and talk, but he he has to he has to type out his his lessons because uh-huh. he, if he goes off the cuff, I think he'll.
2: Man, if he went off, I I don't want to see him off the cuff. I kind of really. want to. I kind I kind of want to. Like
0: like you see what happens when you see people off the cuff. Yeah. I mean, and this is the unhinged version. So yeah,
2: I've seen him off the cuff in in my dinner table, and it's oh uh, yes, it's quite uh, interesting, <clears throat> scary.
0: <laughs> but no, I mean that's I think it's good to be off the cuff, and it's good to have that unhinged conversation because I mean to a degree you gotta you gotta pull things back from time to time and be diplomatic. But I mean, I think everybody's so afraid of offending people nowadays. And everybody's so afraid of getting in trouble that nobody says what they think anymore. Sure. You know?
1: And it's like a lot of people don't think either. So they that's they the prerequisite. Yeah. yeah
0: <laughs> people don't even have that. But, you know, I heard this one time and it said people will spend the majority of their life waiting to get to a point where they're sheltered and, and protected so that they can say what they really want to say. Hmm. But they've spent so much time waiting to get to that point they no longer believe what it was they wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like you, you you don't say it long enough. If you don't say what your convictions are and what you actually think, and you get to the point where you feel like you can say it, you've gotten to the point where you're not even convicted of that stuff anymore. Yeah. So you're just going to be a, a talking head
1: pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Where are you really ever? If, if you weren't willing to say it fair enough to begin with, you know, I guess, Yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems like so many people feel like they've got a, a world, a global audience to please or something, when in all honesty, it's not really the case. And no, you know, thinking about uh, you know, you wouldn't care what people thought about you if you realized how rarely they did, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, other fatherly wisdom mm-hmm. I was given once upon a mm-hmm. time, yeah, it's tough that. one to get
0: over, too. Yeah, it is, and, and, and you said it, you know. We we have a worldwide audience, but the thing is is that we we just think we have a worldwide audience that we should care about what they think. Sure. Kind of thing. It's like everybody's gonna hear what you have to say on the in the day of the internet, but you shouldn't approach it as being a people pleaser. I mean, the way I look at it is Jesus couldn't please everybody, so why should
1: I? Yeah, true. I mean, we all have people in our own lives that you wanna please, people you respect, family mm-hmm. members, whoever it might be in your life that I yeah. think you, you take their perspective seriously. Yeah. But that's rarely uh, strangers on the internet. Matter exactly. of fact, say probably never strangers
0: on the internet. Right. <laughs> but that's the problem is a lot of people view who's on the internet, not so much as a stranger anymore. They, it's viewed as a community. Like they, sure. they, there's kind of this facade of, well, if they're on the internet and they comment on my video, well, they, they know me, they like me. I'm yeah. trying to get them. I'm trying to get their likes. I'm trying to get their affirmation and all that stuff. So there's this weird, um, I don't know if I call it Stockholm syndrome or whatever the syndrome would be. It's a syndrome, but it it's weird, man. <laughs> I don't know how to put it into words. That's something I noticed. You got the gift of putting things into words that I wish I could. Like, you familiar with my rap catalog or what do you say? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> what research like, you've been doing? I'm just saying, like, when you say stuff, you don't seem to fumble over words. Like, it seems like what's in your head comes clearly out of your mouth. And Oof. I don't know if that's just from years of experience of processing the thoughts and putting it out there. Like, would you say that you're a quick thinker? Like you're pretty quick, response,
1: quick witted. I think typically, okay. yeah, in most settings. And this is fairly early in the day, so mm. you know I hadn't been a happy hour or anything like that. <laughs> oh, it probably yeah. slows down as the sun sets. But I see. I guess for better or worse, mm-hmm. sometimes I I mean thinking quickly is fine. Speaking quickly is probably a different yeah <laughs> a different matter. So <laughs> your your mouth may run faster than your brain yeah, exactly. than, the, than the wheel up there. But I feel like sometimes, uh, especially when I'm on a show, you know, not really like this where it's kind of laid back conversation, but where I'm like presenting something into the camera and it's a message that's tailored and Mm -hmm. intentional. I don't know. I get in this uh, headspace where it's like, there's a (laughs) a railroad track in my mind that what I'm saying is running down in front of me and I'm like reviewing everything before Uh, it actually gets out. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's, it's psychotic. I don't really know, but I mean, I fumble stuff all the time. Yeah. I'm I'm the type that I don't
0: know what the last word of the sentence is gonna be. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I start I start it and and I just I don't know where it's going.
1: The yeah. other day my mother was quoting me at a family dinner, which she likes to do errantly. <laughs> like I feel like I've been misquoted more by my mother, you know. I don't yeah. know if, if y'all ever had family members like whenever he was little he said this. I'm mm-hmm. like, there's no way I said that. <laughs> and I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I'm taking the stand. Uh, anyway, she was getting into a quote of mine, and I just knew at the beginning. I don't think she knows where this quote's going to end. As she was finding her way through it, you know, <laughs> it's Michael Scott. Yeah, Michael Sometimes Scott. Sometimes I'll start
2: talking and I can't remember the quote. Dude, you, you got to know the. You're, that's you're, one office quote I do not remember. Really, that's like <laughs> one of the
0: most famous ones. I was watching some bloopers. Uh, who's the character that's the tall beanpole? He's the, the one that... Gabe. Gabe, yeah. <laughs> so apparently that Underrated dude... character. That dude is hilarious in real life in the bloopers. He yeah. had Dwight and uh, Jim, just Dwight and Jim. They're real names. He had them rolling. Like, they're Dwight and Jim to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys, and this is my favorite kind of comedian, the people that can keep a straight deadpan face oh, and yeah. say funny stuff yeah. without breaking. Yeah. Like... You can turn what you're saying into something funny by not changing expression.
1: I oh, think. for sure, yeah. The facial expression can be everything. That yeah. guy was great on uh, Silicon Valley too. Mm-hmm. On I've HBO. never seen Silicon Valley. He kind of plays the same character, weirdo <laughs> Gabe, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's still funny in yeah. either medium. Silicon Valley was hilarious until they got rid of T.J. Miller. He was the funniest one, and I didn't keep up with it after that. But he's okay. kind of an insane comedian, so I don't remember yeah. what he did. Told an insensitive joke or something along that, which is
0: just entirely inappropriate jokes by jokes by nature are kind of meant to be insensitive you would think
1: so once upon a time I mean used to you would appeal to like the most moderate reasonable perspective in the room now we appeal to the most the psychotic most radical unreasonable perspective in the world which is
0: insane in and of itself it's crazy you know here's a drop a little bit of wisdom on you here and take it for what it's worth but you know that's the reason that there were court jesters back in the day For medieval kings people think that court jesters were just a source of entertainment because people in medieval times just didn't know what to do for entertainment but they were meant to push a king to the limit yeah if the king couldn't take a joke if he couldn't be made fun of and take a joke and learn how to listen to something that was offensive because court jesters are pretty offensive if you look up some of the actual history of them they were on par with like your modern day bill burr joe rogan type people they didn't pull punches and if the king couldn't take it then he what it's not like they would oust him but yeah you know the court would probably have to have a talk and be like dude if you can't take a joke what business do you have ruling over people and right. i thought that's awesome yeah never i never even thought that, that was the that was the reason for him but i think i think it should be mandatory for anybody in public office they need a jester
1: to make fun of them and if they can't take a joke <laughs> That's my hot take. I, I agree, and I'm I'd much rather be a court jester in this day and age because once upon a time the king's getting mad, and you're like, "Bro, you're the king. I'm wearing a hat with bells on it. You know, just take it easy." Why are you taking me seriously? None of us are taking ourselves all that seriously. Yeah. At least now you just kind of dress normally, I guess. So bringing it back to what you said about terrorists,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you're just like, "Where's this? Where's this going to go?" But no, seriously, uh, I thought it was a decent segue. 21st anniversary, 9-11 coming up this Sunday. And I was watching a video on YouTube the other day where these people are going around a campus interviewing kids, Mm -hmm. kids born after it, you know, that learned about it in the history books. I'm like, dude, I lived through it. But anyway, they have no idea why it happened. They have no idea why it happened. They have no idea who did it. And it's just crazy to see. And but then I think, you know, if somebody would have interviewed me coming right out of high school, you know, in college. If somebody would have interviewed me about what the Vietnam War was really about, could I have really answered that question? Mm-hmm. So do you think it's fair that we look at these younger kids and get mad at them for not knowing what 9-11 was really about when maybe we couldn't have answered the question about what that was to us growing up? I don't know. That's just me trying to be objective about the situation.
2: I understand your point, but do we really know? Why 911 happened? My and man. I'm putting my my tenfold habit how it right happened, now. why it happened. this <laughs> <Listen, listen, laughs> who did
0: it? Listen, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about <laughs> what's written, what's generally accepted with <laughs> with facts that are out there. We can get into a conspiracy argument. I get that, but I'm just saying from what's written, what's
2: written
1: by who? Yeah, my man, mainstream media. It was also written at one point in time that cocaine relieves headaches prescribed by your doctor. You know, and so it probably does. We, it probably does. <laughs> It'll make you forget about it. it at least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not goodness. getting mad at them. Because no. I, I totally agree. I don't think it's conspiratorial. We don't know. Yeah. Like why? Who? Yeah. How? Saudi Arabia, for sure. There's one on the list. Yeah. They were there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Building 7? Yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> if you really want to get into it. Yeah. No, you, don't, you don't think the massive
0: amount of debris and the shock waves of the buildings falling could have done something to that? Possibly. See, that's
1: my but thing. But in a I, controlled demolition way?
0: Mm, kind of strange. Yeah. I mean, there's all the conspiracies about the insurance policies and all that kind of stuff. Now, here's here's a crazy one, though. Um, not as crazy as, as some of the other stuff out there, but I was watching a documentary last night, actually, and there was a guy on American 11, the first plane to hit the tower. And, you know, they have the seating chart of where everybody is. They know where this guy was sitting as opposed to the other mm-hmm. five terrorists on that first plane. This guy uh, joined the Israeli army. Um, and he was, he was an American joined the Israeli Israeli army. When his family moved to Israel, this guy was a tech billionaire during the dot-com boom in the early, in the early 2000s, late nineties. And he was on that flight and he was a trained Israeli commando and he was sitting between two terrorists. And it's like, there's this whole diagram of how it potentially would have played out of if he would have been on that plane, would he have fought back? And it's because – they show a diagram of how because he was sitting in front of a terrorist that that guy might have gotten to him before he could have done anything. But, you know, it's weird when you hear stuff about who was on the plane and how high profile they were. Yeah. That's where my conspiracy stuff
1: can start can start going a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit. I don't know why it has to be such a conspiracy just to want to know more. Oh, no. that I'm not saying that's a conspiracy. Like the Pentagon stuff. Yeah. I just – it's just wild, man, to even mm-hmm. think about that. Twenty one years later and we still don't know. And yeah. it may not ever. Yeah. Oh no. I mean it'll be a JFK deal eventually and I guess it already is. Right. No. There's a there's another video
2: on YouTube. I spent so much time on YouTube, but YouTube yeah. is the reason why I don't why I have doubts in this whole nine eleven deal. So <laughs> See that, that, <laughs> look yeah. in two thousand nine, sitting in my dorm watching YouTube. Mm, get kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But this guy Heats up this piece of metal to a certain temperature that's less than the melting point of steel, and he's able to bend it like a noodle, you know. So mm. like like the whole argument of uh, the jet fuel can't melt. Like yeah. I'm not saying that they melted. I'm just saying the structural integrity was definitely damaged, and you know that mm. whole thing. But yeah, but I like I do like looking at both sides of the argument, and that's I think that should become a pastime, or not not a pastime. That should become a common practice of everybody today. Sure, look at both sides. You can be conspiracy. You can be conspiracy. I can read the history books. That's fine. Let's just have a conversation about it.
1: Yeah, I feel it. like anybody that's trying to shut any of it down is just revealing themselves as uh, maybe someone with an ulterior motive. So- exactly. Exactly. I don't. I don't like anybody. that's outlawing questions, you know. Exactly. <laughs> well,
2: that makes you a conspiracy theorist. Now it's just that's asking exactly questions right. about stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure it there's is, a
1: paddy wagon waiting for me. Outside. Funny that flipped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out your dead. <laughs> Bring out your conspiracy theorists. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but over, I mean, good grief! As we've seen the weeping and gnashing of teeth mm-hmm. as a result of the last administration in the era that we're into now, uh, the thought that anti American interests, as most Americans view them, uh, could really be organized mm-hmm. and infiltrated within this country <laughs> has only become more and more realistic to me. It hasn't gotten further into conspiracy land. I mean, that, yeah. and conspiracy theorists was uh, a term that was crafted by the CIA anyway to discredit those asking questions. Uh, yeah, I exactly. documented.
0: That's a S- smear campaign. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. From the get go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I can see it. I mean, It's hard because you can look up and see just about anything to confirm your bias on the internet. If you think America has been infiltrated by Chinese communists or by whoever, Mm -hmm. you can find something out there that speaks to that. If you think it hasn't, you can find something that speaks to it. And we're at a place right now where there's so much information out there and there's so much of a vetting process that we have to go through of verifying whether or not it's real. Mm -hmm. We're kind of in this nihilistic state of, well, can't prove that anything's
1: real, so might as well just live in our bubble. I know, you know. I yeah. mean, there was always you'd hear warnings about uh, how dangerous a time it would be whenever you couldn't trust what was right in front of your eyes, and we're we're well into that now. It's amazing how quickly it became that way. Things got out of hand really fast. I feel like Ron Burgundy over here. But you know, I really feel <laughs> I still have faith in people and in, in mm-hmm. the populace. Yeah, you don't need fact checkers. You don't need any of the the the. Uh, bowling alley bumpers or parameters or safety nets mm-hmm. or any of that crap uh, when it comes to people, I think deciphering information. Yeah, I trust them a hell of a lot more than I do any news outlet or again the fact checker brigade or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean they're they're hall monitors. It's crazy. <laughs> they they want to police the public. They so. never got past the
0: hall monitor stage in high school. They were so mad when they got that job taken <laughs> away from them.
1: I completely agree. I think there are so many people that are in media that. Uh, that had no influence, maybe growing up, and they didn't mm-hmm. deal with that very well. And they may still not have much now. But when you have a, a Twitter account that's got 60k or whatever followers, oh yeah, you kind of feel like you might have some, and and it really puts them on a high horse. And they don't wield influence or power very well. I think that's the majority of them now. It seems like, yeah, yeah, you got a point there. I mean, you think about
0: it. Power and influence used to come to people by way of, of trial and error and by way of going through trials. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like overnight you have power and influence just because you did something controversial. And you're taking somebody who has no experience with how to use that and wield it, and now all of a sudden it's like a monkey with the football. Not, sure. not like a,
1: a football football, the football sure. with the button. You know? <laughs> <It's> scary, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they use it as uh... – well, as a weapon, mm-hmm. I mean, most journalists are are activists. They're not journalists; they're activists. Yeah. Um, Nowadays, so which I think is fine, if just as long as people recognize that. I think most people can recognize that. Yeah. Which is why there's no need to turn on the television, really, in any way, shape, or form, to get any kind of news. I mean, it it's all angled in a certain way. So yeah. as long as you understand that, I think most people can handle that. Yeah. Most of my news comes
0: from YouTube. Mm-hmm. But you know. I'm not so sure that that's a terrible thing because you think about it, YouTube, I'm able to see, like if I wanted to see CNN, I could see it. If I wanted to see Fox, I could see it. If I wanted to see Sky News Australia or whatever it is, all these different independent news outlets, I could see it. And I could go through a process of seeing multiple sides of the argument, you know, understandably that there's actors out there. I get it, but at least I can get the what what would I call it? The extreme and maybe the conservative sure. views of what's actually going on out there. And I can maybe decide for myself of what's going on. But yeah, it, you know, the whole idea of getting your news, that's where if, if I can claim to be a nihilist in any point, which I'm not, but I'm kind of nihilistic in the whole sense of getting your news. It's, I am as well. it seems it's like, what's the point?
1: Well, there's, I don't remember who the originator was, but there's the quote of, uh, if you don't read the newspaper you're uninformed and if you read the newspaper you're misinformed <laughs> this is good. like a hundred years ago so now you can apply it to cable news or yeah the internet or whatever it might be but th- there's no doubt that's good well and think about the people that are left in just a constant state of anxiety and panic because they're watching it all freaking day yeah.
0: yeah the the CN,
1: the <laughs> cnn slider across the bottom
0: of the screen is just burned into the television turn it off we've seen that in houses <laughs> before have you not seen like the fox news uh, the little logo. logo, it's burned into the TV because it's been on constantly. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. And, and you know, when I bought my OLED TV, they're like, you know, it's, that's the big risk is burn in, you know, for mm. leaving it on for a little bit. I'm like, man, if you gave an OLED TV to, to like a, a, a boomer or a, you know, like an old school, like they're going to have whatever, whatever news outlet that they watch just burned into it constantly. It's like you change the channel once and you're going to get like, whatever
1: the the unholy union of Fox and CNN Yeah, would be sure, on sure the burn end.
2: you. know. <laughs> <Well> that, <laughs> go ahead.
1: Well, I was just to say I feel fortunate sometimes to spend so much time in the the ag or, or ranch communities yeah, because Yeah, disconnected oh, from good all grief, that grief, yeah. And then you see people that are tuned in all day every day to these types of things and they go yeah. on vacation and disconnect and they're like, "Wow, what a miracle from God. <laughs> I can't believe how great I feel like." Yeah. Exactly. Duh. <laughs> I mean, try it on a more frequent basis. Exactly. I He's, think Twitter, you're talking about getting news? Uh Uh-huh. It's like the greatest news aggregator ever. I mean, I really think that's where I go. I think he meant to say aggravator. (laughs) Also, (laughs) aggregator and aggravator. Yeah. That's where I really go when, like, something's happening. And it's never like, hey, what's Fox or CNN saying? It's like, what's this independent media guy who's on the ground in this riot with this iPhone? What's he saying? And, like, that's the place you can really go get that stuff. Yeah. Or YouTube or things like that. Yeah.
2: What were you about to say? I think we passed the subject now. We were talking about Fox News, but both of my two living grandparents watch Fox News all the time. But even my granddad the other day, he said, I can't watch it anymore. No. <laughs> finally he's he's, he's 80-something. He said, it's just too depressing. Oh, man. The blood pressure, man, is just... Yep. Yes. Either
1: one. It's it's terrible. An I mean, eight-panel, or an eight-talking-head panel, right?
2: Yep. All
0: screaming at each
2: other. In can't, seven minutes. Can't seven minutes. get a word in. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's awful. Speaking of Twitter, you... I always anytime I listen to you, you're always talking about something you see on Twitter, but I have not seen you on Twitter in a really long time.
1: No, I've been I had I just had to remove it. Yeah, cut it out, you know, like a cancer of some Mm -hmm. kind. Uh at Locked on Tech. I got a new podcast, Locked on Texas Tech. So I'll I'll espouse some things uh, there. But no, I like to follow, to lurk, to collect some news or whatever. But this is weird for a guy talking into a microphone and again on the third podcast of the day uh, to say, but I don't feel like often I really have something that needs to be shared. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Especially in uh, however many characters or less. I played that game. I mean, we were we're all roughly the same age, aren't we? We're kind of within the same range. I, I don't know. I don't know. Who did I just insult? Because I just turned 38. Nope. I'm no, 32. You made me, yeah, okay. you made me feel awful. I'm 29. <laughs> like, like I look like I'm the same age as the gray-haired dude. I was about to say within 10 years. So we're within the same decade. But like, we grew up in the moment where social media became a thing. And I remember all those times where it was like, oh, yeah, I love these likes and whatever. I'm going to tell everybody everything I'm doing, and it's great. People are paying attention to me. It's awesome. I'll go ahead and create this like fictional type of narrative about (laughs) who I am. And then eventually you just realize it's trash. What a waste of time. And I always just thought, not everybody does, but sometimes I just envision like my father or grandfather's on social media. And it just it just took me to a point where I thought I never want to be as an individual represented on social media again. I have no use in it. Yeah, I wonder what our what our folks from the
0: past would have been like on social media. What what, what would a Julius Caesar's midday
1: status update have been? This son of a, I think he's scheming on me. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what it would have been. This this Brutus, this Brutus (laughs) cat. What's he? What's he up to? I don't know. This guy's sus. I'm getting suspicious. (laughs) Something like that. And I'm not. It's not to say that that that's wrong or whatever, because I know a lot of people use Mm -hmm. it, but it has just made people so dramatic. And we live in a television culture, so everything is so performative. Yeah. Yeah. And social media makes you so performative. Mm -hmm. Like I see. Just regular people I know, they're like giving monologues in their car seat. Why? Like performative behavior can bring out the worst characteristics because you're trying to generate a reaction. Exactly. Performing is not being. That's not who you are. Yeah. And so I think whenever you're constantly 24 hours a day, like in this performative mindset. Oh, goodness. It doesn't lead to good things. I feel like that's how I would sum up the entire social media conundrum. It makes people act the way that they aren't. And then when you're processing this guy performing, you're like, well, this guy looks like kind of a jerk or I don't really like him. And he may yeah. be right, but that's probably not who he
0: is. Yeah, exactly. They're just chilling in the living room or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the worst actors that we see out there, I think deep down they're not that way, but they've conditioned themselves to be that way. Either now they don't know how to be any different or even worse, they can never be perceived any different. Oh, sure. Th- that's got to suck. Like if you deep down know, I'm not such a terrible person, but man, I've spent all this time acting terrible. <laughs> people don't view me as any different. Right. Now I got to act terrible or else people are going to think I'm, I'm disingenuous for not being terrible.
1: Well, it's like rappers growing old. Oh yeah. Or mm-hmm. Howard Stern <laughs> aging as a grandfather. Mm-hmm. How do you ever get out of what you were, mm-hmm. you know? It's kind yeah. of a curse, I guess, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Good that's, luck.
0: That's why you gotta be thinking about the older the upcoming days when you're younger. Like don't be don't be just thinking you live in a box of your
1: twenties. Oh, absolutely. I remember the comedian Cat Williams had a great bit about that, just talking about you know, like rapper, like you're gonna be hard at breakfast? You eat breakfast and you're already gangster? <laughs> yeah. You, know, you can't live that way all the time. <laughs> the most relatable
0: joke he's ever told was the the pimp decision. <laughs> yeah. so. Now, son, I can buy you an Xbox with one controller and one game. Now, daddy can do this all day, every day, but I can go down to the classifieds and get you a Nintendo 64 with 60
1: games and two controllers.
2: Did you say 60 games? That's a pimp decision right
0: there.
1: That's a pimp decision. <laughs> Who would have thought you had such a great Cat Williams impression? That's not bad.
0: <laughs> it's not high-pitched enough to be Cat Williams, man. But I've seen it enough in my in my day. I remember when yeah. that made the the rounds In the mid 2000s, in high school, and that was like, that was that was it. I remember when pop culture references started to become a big thing in high school. Like people were referencing Evolution of Dance on YouTube. You know that video, that guy in the oh yeah orange sweatshirt t shirt doing the dance. Charlie bit my finger. You know, like the the golden age of the internet. You Mm -hmm. know, yeah. I'm a pretty nostalgic Mm -hmm. person. That's, that's one of my biggest downfalls. He'll he'll speak to it. He's like, "Am I the most nostalgic person you've ever met?" Oh uh, yeah, probably.
2: But I yeah. know you a lot, a lot yeah. more than other people.
0: Fair enough. But uh, yeah, yeah. Who's that. not nostalgic though? I mean, yeah. well, when when right now can seem so bad. I mean, it's easy yeah. to be nostalgic, even for times that weren't that good. I mean, the '90s, yeah, they were great. But it's kind of nice to be able to have your whole life on your phone to a degree where you don't have to wait to hear from people when they get near a, a wired phone, Mm. you know, but then to a degree, it's kind of nice to not have to be able to hear from people for a little bit, but he's got a song called breaking up was easy in the nineties. He's got a line in there. That's, that's poetic. He said something about how, when it was like back in the day, I could have been out all night and could have gotten home and, and called you and you could have been out with your friends but nowadays, if I call you and you don't pick up, I know that you're rejecting me because you've got a cell phone. It's like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like the constant connection makes it to where you you know these, this is where I can't finish the thought, but you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. We were talking about Tyler Childers yesterday and then we, and, Love and, Tyler and then Chillers. you resort to Sam Hunt. Do you know who <laughs> Sam Hunt is? I know really? Sam Hunt, yeah. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. I remember your great on, voice You were talking he on the does, radio about does. Luke Bryan one day, and that was one of the that was one of the best things I've ever heard. about Which <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you claim to not ever have known who Luke Bryan was. I didn't no, know I really, I've, you really didn't. No, no, and I
1: still don't know a song. He doesn't. Well,
2: mm-hmm. I know it's Oh Country Girl,
1: shake it for me, yeah. right? <laughs> I was trying to think of the stupidest ones I've ever heard. <laughs> chew to back a chew to back a chew to back a spit. And on the back I don't know You just throw the Whatever
2: <laughs> That was Blake Shelton the chew tobacco
1: Yeah It's yeah. terrible uh, <laughs> I don't mind people Having whatever taste They want to have though You know Obviously a lot of people that Like one. that so You can search out And find great country music still That's not it But
2: It's great Pop music I guess Just talking about Poetic country songs And we go to Sam Hunt.
0: I did say it was a poetic country song. I said the line you was the line. the line was poetic because it it appealed to me. Mm-hmm. All right, poetry is whatever appeals to you. All right,
1: poetry can be, you know, that's a great way to put it I for mean, people that don't know what poetry is, especially like me. Because be like that's I mean, ah, whatever I think it is. I mean, it's what, like art.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, yeah. art, art's whatever moves you. I mean, and here's the thing: it's I'm not saying that objectively. Uh, a line on a board is art I've, I've got a i've got a good friend who who went to a they went to stay at a hotel when they're out of town and and in this hotel it's a pretty nice hotel and they've got art everywhere like um like modern art mm. and one of the pieces of art it's a line drawn across a page he had one of his kids draw the same thing and he's like this is not art man this is this tasteless so th- to a degree there's some stuff that is not art but you know if it moves you, if it makes you think about something, if it makes you feel something, then to a degree, I can't call that... I can't not call that art. I can't not call that a form of poetry if it moves you in a certain way emotionally. Or, or I mean memes it, art? I think so. I mean, if they move you... I mean, it, do memes not move you emotionally? Do they not make you laugh? Does it not <laughs> take a deeper understanding of the human condition to make a good meme? I agree. I mean, poet, poets, poets understood the human condition, and they were able to write really good poetry. Um, now, Ask me which one's going to be remembered more fondly in human history. I think John Dunn is going to be remembered much more than me for making my memes on my phone, you know. But
1: well, you say that now,
2: fair
0: enough. Yeah, a hundred years from now, yeah, who talking knows? about kids who don't know what caused 9 11. I mean, I'm assuming they're gonna know who John <laughs>
1: Dunn is in a
0: hundred years. I don't know.
1: Uh, I think postmodernism is garbage. So if I see postmodern art and it uh, makes me react in a way that says this is trash. That makes it art, I guess, because I feel like postmodern stuff is not art. Yeah, because it's it's uh... but it made me react. So based on what you're saying, maybe it is art.
0: You know, if it produces a negative reaction, I might be less inclined to say it's art. But then again, there are probably some some pieces of art that make you pretty sad, profoundly sad. And that might be a good I guess it depends on what if it agitates you. No. I would say no. Okay, but if it but if it makes me feel some sadness and maybe some
1: righteous indignation, I don't know. So the news, news is definitely not art. <laughs> I'm like sad that it's a crime against art. Yeah. So I'm not going to call it like. Have you ever seen the Twitter page uh, Architecture Against Humanity? I've heard of it. I love. It. It's one of my favorite follows. Like yeah. I really got into probably a decade ago understanding like Dadaism, which is. I think I'm pronouncing it right. uh, Is just another avenue of of postmodern kind of nihilist stuff. Nothing means anything. Everything is trash, uh, you know, uh, urinating on the Virgin Mary type of art stuff, you Mm -hmm. know? And it actually is like a tool of cultural destruction. Like it's not just something that comes up organically; it's
0: it's got a purpose, yeah, Yeah. and it's trying to destroy, trying to upend
1: everything. Okay, and so like we're here in Lubbock, and one of my greatest frustrations is the fact that Buddy Holly Hall looks like someone that hates beauty designed it. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, out of all the things you couldn't you could have come up with, we Mm -hmm. come up with something that says I hate classical beauty when just down the road on texas tech's campus you got some of the most beautiful buildings you'll find Mm -hmm. and it drives me insane especially just down the road from a courthouse square that looked like it would have been the favorite of soviet russia (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like man okay we really biffed this one back in the day good Uh god it's not even ugly it's just nondescript it's Mm -hmm. just boring and nothing uh and so you have a chance in, in 2021 or whenever to establish some great concert hall and, like, I'm thinking about Fort Worth's, like, Bass Hall and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that building, like, makes you feel something. Are y'all, y'all familiar with that building? I'm not. Uh-uh. It's got, like, these huge trumpet-blowing angels sculpted on the outside. I mean, it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Around the same mm-hmm. budget as what this one's built for, same capacity, roughly. But you look at the inside of that thing, you look at the outside of that thing, it's like, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it really – kind of like you are talking about with art – or like with a, a chapel or a, an old uh, church or sanctuary, yeah. it like really casts your eyes up to the heavens and makes mm. you think about things beyond like this reality. Yeah. Buddy Holly Hall does not do that. <laughs> and I'm so frustrated. That's what we went with. I'm like,
0: it is no Sistine Chapel.
1: What in God's name were people thinking <laughs> architecture against humanity is something like that, where it's just pictures all around the world. Just Twitter account. I'm going to give this all a around follow. the world. And they show these beautiful buildings compared to now what people build. And yeah. of course, there's a movement now where people are saying, no, we're going to get back to like classic architecture. And we're going to, if we remodel a building, we're going to make it look like it was built 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. I hope that's something that sets in a little bit further. I have no idea how I wound up in this part of the conversation, <laughs> but I'm mad at Buddy Holly Hall. <laughs> and quit making us have a sippy cup to have a drink. Have you guys been to a show there? I have. Mm-mm. You know the sippy cup route, right? Did you I go to the concession stand at No, I didn't. All? It would have cost you about 15 just to get in the game. <laughs> they make you have a sippy cup with a lid, Buddy Holly Hall, branded, of uh, course. Uh, yeah. Legit looks like a sippy cup. They and don't if, want
2: you to spill it, I guess.
1: If you don't bring it back, you're in for another sippy cup. And these are about $3 a pop each round. And they won't even make you a Chilton. Hmm. Do you guys have time for my buddy Holly Hall beef list? Because I've been Coffee. to several shows. They're bringing great acts, thank God. I, but I got so much beef.
0: I just feel like you need to you need to get on, get on uh, what's it called? Um, Yelp. And you need to leave them <laughs> a the sh- review?
1: scathing review of I them. mean, they've got all these, like a drink menu, and it's like... Uh, you know that'll be the day margarita rave on whatever all these buddy holly song name cocktails right mm-hmm. and i'm like hey can i get a chilton lubbock legend invented right here in the lbk uh. i don't know if we have the stuff for that a matter of fact i'm not even sure if i know how to make that homeboy has to run to the back like i don't know go talk to the manager or something I mean, give me I, a break.
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't drink, but I mean, I imagine they would find a way to make a cup of coffee or a a, a glass of tea or a glass of water, like for about thirty five dollars. Yeah, exactly, more expensive. You ever heard the joke about uh, the the movie theater got robbed? Got robbed like ten grand. They stole a bag of popcorn and a couple <laughs> sacks of candy. <laughs>
1: right. That's about how it is. I mean, I get some
0: of it, but and I remember movie theaters being expensive back in the early two thousands and late nineties. Like oh, right. I remember, I remember like uh, a deal of Skittles. I think it cost two bucks back then. Yeah. Nowadays it's like four bucks for sure. a thing of Skittles, about that big, and you open it up, and the bag's even smaller, and the
1: bag's half full. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Packed with air. Yeah. I've there- always wanted to find a woman that I didn't have to tell to load the purse up to go to the movies, <clears throat> and I did, praise God. You know? <laughs> That's how you know you've arrived. I'm like an, such an anti-movie theater guy, though. I mean, what a scam! Oh
0: man, see, I love I love the experience. I, I love that. Yeah, I can get but, into the experience, but yes, it's a scam. Like everything the, around it. Yeah, I mean, I want to just let me bring in my own food. Like, right. don't make it
1: illegal for me to bring in my own my own food. Like, I don't know, there could be some weird smells if you're bringing like Tupperware with <laughs> leftover casserole or anything, dude. If you I want to watch, dude, if I want to watch Top Gun with my
0: with my uh, with my uh, 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 wife's broccoli casserole, yeah. who are you to tell me no? <sighs> If you got some of that, I'll come watch it with You're you. You're oppressing me if you I love tell me you know. broccoli casserole,
2: <laughs> be, beanie weenie. That's the way to go.
0: <laughs> if I could watch Top Gun with uh, chicken spaghetti, glass of iced tea, some corn, mashed potatoes. Oh man, that'd be so. Much that's fun. like the ultimate wish, huh? Well, you know, that's what you can do at the Alamo Draft that's House. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah I've never, be, I've never been there just because I prefer to go to IMAX to see new movies, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but. And my family, like they, they like something a bit in the middle. They, wanna, they don't want to go to the Alamo Draft House because people are going to be talking during the movie, most likely. They don't yeah. want to go to IMAX because it's too loud and the seats don't recline. Right. But
1: they love the reclined seats oh, at yeah. the um, Cinemark XD. Some people are getting crazy with it, though, man. I'm seeing people bringing blankets in. Like uh, ladies putting yeah. uh, the bags under the eye patches like she's going to bed. Oh, Just goodness. straight up put a mask over her face, told us to quiet it down. It really, I thought, egregious. <laughs> but that was just one time. Ten points, big word. I, uh, Alamo Drafthouse is cool. I like that place. But mm-hmm. I did go to one quote along, Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. And it was terrible. It ruined the entire <laughs> thing. Because it's like, all right, everybody, here's the line we know. Three, two, one. And everybody's
2: just like all right i'm over this he like said 10 the minutes, thing yeah
1: 10 minutes into it i'm over that but i dig it otherwise yeah i like the idea of having your
0: own theater at home that'd be all right too i, I go into a lot of people's houses and in their basements yeah they got the movie set up like this is this is my rich friends in high school had the home theaters yep. i always thought that that's what made you top one percent rich nowadays really? yeah dude i thought growing up if you had a if you had a fridge that dispensed
1: water, hmm. you were rich. Uh, that was that was when you made it. You know, wow. man, had, we were loaded. We had water out of the fridge, and uh, it was a self built home theater. But you should have known me in high school; I would have dispelled of that notion. Oh, <laughs> the ones with home theater. No, man. you were just you were just one of the rich kids that kind of went off the rails. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> no, man, I, you know, I like the theater experience, but just. The the turnstile, of the cash register I can't really get over. But mm-hmm. you know, the uh like Top Gun was one of those that you feel like you gotta see in that setting. Right. I mean So what'd you think? It was amazing. I watched it in a dust storm. Hell I saw it at the drive in and I still loved it. Really? I need to go back and see it in a theater. I really hadn't even seen it in that kind of setting, but they're they're probably gonna re release it in theaters. They
0: yeah. they did already once, but they're probably gonna do it again post- Which, by the way, if if you go back and re-release your movie and now it becomes the number one, number two, number three grossing movie of all time, the post-initial release revenue should not count towards that, I think. That's just a bone to pick that I have. Because they did that with Avatar and Avengers Endgame. This is back when I was a Marvel fanboy before I woke up. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) they they re-released Avengers Endgame to beat out Avatar. And they did. And then Avatar got re-released in anticipation for Avatar 2 coming out Mm. and it it beat it out and i'm like this is it's it's like it's like it's a peeing match it's like what are
1: we doing here i left avatar i thought it was terrible you think so Uh, okay i I only went because it was a buddy's birthday and he wanted to go for some reason i'm like we're 23 man all the things you want to do you want to go see avatar (laughs) with your buddies uh yeah i just went to the arcade see i was was mad the whole time i was (laughs) even there because those movies don't interest me at all at all these fantasy, whatever. It was a yeah, spectacle. Just, I mean, at the time, it was a, it was the coolest
0: movie ever in terms of spectacles. 3D. I mean, uh, I liked I guess, it at the time, but-, but I mean, looking back at it, I mean, no. At the time, I loved it. I saw it in theaters five times. Because of the spectacle. But listen, you were... 20- Are you serious? You were 23, right, at the time?
1: I don't know what... A, in that range.
0: I was i, I was like 16, maybe 15 at the time. Okay. So I was, but... I'm really stepping on to some it.
2: toes here then. I didn't know I was going to... I have not seen Avatar for the record.
0: Dude, we've insulted, we've insulted <laughs> A-list music stars. We've insulted archi- local architecture. That's right. I mean... If you don't insult me, I'm going to feel left out.
1: Right? I guess so. You didn't design Buddy Holly Hall, did you? Maybe I
0: had a hand in it. Maybe I was one of the donors up. I think I'm on one of the donor the donor bricks on the side. I want my money back if I was on that list. <laughs> but, but no, I saw it a couple times, and I really enjoyed it. But looking back, or when we watched it out of the theater on a regular TV, like a 32-inch little yeah. plasma screen TV back in 2010, it was garbage. It's not meant to be. Because it's, it's, it's dances with wolves in space, with aliens. Oh, okay. It's the last samurai oh. in space. It's the same story. Guy comes to a foreign land, uh, gets lost in the culture, ends up getting sympathetic to the culture, ends up having to choose between that culture and the people he left behind, chooses the, the culture he's ingratiated with, becomes part of the people, saves the people, lives happily ever after with his native wife or, or whatever. Mm. It's the same story. And I thought, if that's all it is, then all I went to it for was the spectacle of the theater.
1: Mm. That's all it is. So yeah, I get kind of taxed with the uh, just, just everything being so green screened and fake, and so like uh, yeah. the spectacle of like Avatar stuff like that to me just more so makes me roll my eyes, I guess, because I'm just like, all right, well, yeah, great yeah. graphics, I guess. Everything's great graphics. How fake can you make something these days? Like yeah. you watch an action movie and like everything is possible, and I'm kind of like. I don't know if I really want everything possible anymore. I kind of <laughs> miss the old shoot Dude, the scene and yeah, only achieve what you can achieve, I guess. Why do you think people love Batman more than they love Superman?
0: Superman can do anything. Batman's just a human being like the rest of us. Yeah, very there's, troubled. There's something yeah, there's something really <laughs> uninteresting about being able to do anything. And I think that's why movies like what you're talking about with CGI, why they're so uninteresting. I want the old cheesy 80s action. You know? <laughs> yeah. I want some of that. That's why I love the movie Predator. You know, it's got very minimal special effects. But what special effects it does have, they, they blend that with the actual real vi- environment, yep. make it believable. and it's, right. it's also just an unapologetic 80s masterpiece of testosterone and sure. horror. And I'm like, yep.
1: yes. Have you seen the new one with like uh, Comanche Predator? Are you yeah, familiar with this? I did. I'm not a fan.
0: But not good. I mean, here's the thing. It's, the, it it's the best Predator sequel since Predator 2 but that's not saying much predator two was garbage compared to the original looking back on it. I have a fonder appreciation of it since the newer predators have gotten worse and worse and worse, <laughs> right. but it's, it's the, it's the star Wars prequel syndrome.
1: Uh, I see, you know, Jar like, Jar Binks. We, yeah,
0: we love, we hated Jar Jar Binks at the time. <laughs> I mean, really we hated it, but now since the new stuff come out and everybody's like, the new trilogy just sucks. It's 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 spitting in the face of George Lucas. This is what people say, and now they're gaining a greater love of the prequels, which we used mm-hmm. to hate. It's it's nostalgia, is what it is. That's true.
1: That's true. I don't ah, uh, uh, you know Jar Jar Binks. I really hate the guy. Now I'm considering that. I'm not quite sure. What if they made him Darth Jar Jar? What if they made him a secret Sith Lord, Dar Dar
0: Binks? <laughs> <laughs>
2: my first star wars movie was episode one and i was thinking like this is what star wars is this is what everyone's getting
0: yeah it was mine too that was a mistake 99 first second movie i ever saw in theaters first one was the iron giant
1: yeah but Mm -hmm. you know when i see i remember last year i got a i'd got a new television and some new sound system equipment plug it in get it all set up you know, get on the guide or whatever and I see Star Wars on, I'm like, perfect. Put it right on, crank it up as loud as it'll go. And I just, you know, got a, a fight scene or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, it's built for this. Yes. Even though I don't care about what's happening in this story. I just want the sounds feeling. and looks good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's Avatar. Yeah. Very Basically. simple. Very simple, I suppose. Yeah.
0: I love we get we have one of those at at, at the house. It's just a really nice sound bar system. It's got the side speakers, the subwoofer and the eleven channel uh soundbar and friend of mine, Matthew, he, he says, you know, most movies can't take advantage of all 11 channels. I'm like, don't tell me that.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't suspend my disbelief. Um, but yeah, I, so the movie that I would have to, so if you had to, if you had a brand new sound system, like top of the line, like somebody gave you 50 grand and said, pour all this into your own professional home movie theater system, best picture, best sound.
1: What's the first movie you're going to watch to get the best out of all that? The first movie I'm going to watch, man, that's a great question. Well, good grief. I mean, why would I not just go with Top Gun since it's on my mind? That can't mm-hmm, be like yeah. a good answer. I think it's a good but answer. But it's one of the best as far as rattling your bones. I think, well, like I said, I hadn't even seen it in the theater. I've got a good system in the truck though. So at the drive it, I mean, I was still thumping, you know, yeah. the chest. Uh, but that'd be a pretty good one yeah. to see. I'm trying to think over the years what I've really enjoyed as far as the theater setting. I'm not like a huge action guy. I mean, I'm more of a comedy <laughs> movie guy than I. Which they don't make any good comedy. They don't, anymore. Because no. everybody has to be woke. Uh, <laughs> but I. I that was the other thing with the Comanche Predator movie. I I saw that it was like a, a male or a female lead, a Comanche warrior princess. I thought, well, that never existed. The Comanche women were doing the worst things in the in the village. Yeah. Like the, the absolute worst thing. So it must be yeah. a woke movie, I guess. Yeah. yeah I'm not that here for have, any of that. That wouldn't have happened back then. Those was that those, what it was or was it kind of that way?
0: Yeah. She okay, was. Yeah. So, so she's a Mary Sue. Yeah. She encounters barely any difficulty in the movie and what difficulty she does encounter. She's able to immediately overcome it with no conflict. And it's probably the fault of the patriarchy. I would imagine. But pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like all the, all the men in the movie are portrayed <laughs> to just be just terrible. Uh, but but here's well, they were Comanches
1: after all. so yeah, it must like, have been
0: a good one somewhere. But oh, good grief, it's like pretty rough crowd. It's it's awful. I mean, it's <laughs> it's terrible. There's some bits of it that I really appreciate. The action where the Predators doing some fighting, it's it's on mm-hmm. par. It's good stuff. That's what I watch the movie for. I don't care about the other characters. Yeah. I don't care about her journey. I just I've seen it before. Give
1: me the Predator. I don't know why it's coming to my mind. And a lot of times when I think movie theater, the sound is great, but the visual as well. Why am I thinking of Gangs of New York all of a sudden? That's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think about some of those scenes where they're like going into battle and you got all the drums and the sound and I mean the I sights of that movie are mm-hmm. off the hook. You know the movie?
0: I know the movie, yeah. yeah. Daniel Day Lewis, one of his, That's a one great of his one. finest my favorite so favorite Daniel
1: Day Lewis movie would be that of the or have yeah. you seen all of his? I've never seen the Last of the Mohicans. And I kind of I fell out on There Will Be Blood. Got a little bored. There Will Be blood's probably my favorite just because it makes me think. Uh, yeah. But
0: Lincoln is probably one of the best that he's ever yeah, done. Yeah, that was a great one.
1: Yeah. Although I, it took some time, and I didn't know this before. Mm-hmm. I, I understand now. It took some time to, to get used to the voice. And they're like, no, that's really what Lincoln talked about. And people that were trying to project their voice back in the day were not speaking in low tones. No. No, yeah, which I, it was a whole education for me based on that movie because when you're like, that's a good point. Right, first Lincoln scene, you expect him to come out like, "Free the slaves," and he's like, "Free the slaves." <laughs> that's a good.
0: It took Lincoln like I'm some
1: getting used to. I'm just going to
0: have to assume that's a great Lincoln impression because you're basing it off of the greatest <laughs> actor in the world, Daniel Day Lewis. Well, it
1: made me read about it, and okay. they're like, "No, that's," his relatively historically accurate as far mm-hmm. as we know, and mm-hmm. that a lot of. People in that time that were speaking publicly, Mm -hmm. obviously they didn't have these microphones in front of them. Were speaking in a higher pitch to to Hmm. really project their voice in that kind of way. So, well,
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's recordings of uh, of Theodore Roosevelt, and we look we look at Teddy as like just the manly man, you know, just the very white voice. Yeah, but he's like he's he's pretty high pitched too. I can't do the impression, but he's. Yeah, he's pretty. Oh yeah, protect
1: our national parks,
0: <laughs> something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh T. R. What a guy! Oh, I wish we had a president like him. I would. I would... We, we never could again. I oh, don't think. Man. I would take. I would take him in a heartbeat. What a wild story, man! I've yeah. got. I've got some of some some books about him. I've been meaning to read. I I, I go through these phases with books. I'll buy a couple in a row. I'm like, oh, this looks good. I'll read the opening. I'm like,
1: wait, now this book looks good. Like, yeah. I just keep going on and on. But, I think I got six on the table by the chair right now. That I'm really, like, yeah, but they've been there for. Oh, okay. So you? Do I'm the reading thing. them all for like months on end. You know, I don't know why, but I'm reading several books now and have been
0: for many of. years. Whenever Impractical Jokers is over or whatever, <laughs> or I get done with Big Brother. So, <laughs> do I look like one of the characters from the show? The guy that's balding. I mean, I immediately knew. Yeah, Murr. Yep, he's one of my favorites, though. That's what that's you what people look have told so me. Much like that's what people have told me, and I hate
1: it. I hate it. I'm he's like He's a good looking guy. Yeah, yeah. For Impractical Jokers, he's, he's got an good. affable face. You know, you look like a somebody affable. What Laughable face? Affable yeah. face. Uh-huh. You look like somebody that people would would like to like to know. I thought See you were about guy? to say like to laugh at I was because like, <laughs> you paused. Like <laughs> to like.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what would you would you concur? My business yeah. partner, yeah. My, my confidant, my friend.
1: Yeah. He was looking away when he said yes. <laughs> That's an immediate sign him. of
0: distrust. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: look at him.
0: You can't even look at me when you lie to me. What about you? What's your movie? Don't think oh, you're gonna get man. away from the question. The hard hitting question of the Well, evening. I'm
2: not a big movie guy, but the last one that I've seen recently that just which I've seen a bunch of times that just blew me away again was Tombstone. Oh, so good. And uh yeah, it never so, gets but, old. The but, most
0: quotable movie of all time. Next to Monty Python yeah. and the Holy
2: Grail. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, Top spot. Speaking of Impractical Jokers, I've not – I mean, I don't, not, I don't watch it a lot, but I saw a clip on YouTube the other day. I did not – do you remember the bingo one? No, I don't remember that one. <laughs> he, they, he had to – I forget who it was, but he had to – it was the guy with the beard, and he had a full head of hair. I've yeah. Heard. What's his name? Uh, yeah. Hell if I know.
1: Uh, anyway. Sal Murray, Joe, and something. Okay, Quince.
2: He had to go <laughs> in. Sound
1: like an impractical joker. He had to go
2: into bingo, and I didn't realize how intense these people were. But every single time a number was called, he had to stand up and call bingo. Oh and yeah, These yeah. people were getting so mad at him. They, I had no idea how grumpy bingo people were. TV
1: is so good when it like makes you cringe on the couch, like The Office or yeah. stuff like that. You know, It almost makes me want to change the channel. Yeah, season so season one is tough to get past. I think I've
2: got way too comfortable with The Office. And, I mean, now my favorite episode is the dinner party episode. Right, oh, right. goodness. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're way too comfortable with cringe, man. That ever, was just hilarious. Though, yeah, like, it, it is pretty rough. His 20-inch screen TV or whatever. Yeah, it gets you, know, get that, like, you up every time, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I sometimes go down the rabbit, the YouTube rabbit hole, hard to believe, I know, but of YouTube cringe videos. I'm mm. just trying to like. Tr- What's that like? Try <laughs> not to cringe. It's just like you. Like look, real
1: life situations? Though? Yeah, no. yeah. Like there's
0: like real stuff that happens and, he, and, he, and it just it would make you cringe. It's like people. People saying stuff that they would think would be yeah. funny, but it ends up not being funny, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I, I try to – I prefer the try not to laugh challenges, and then I'll send them to him, and he's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch any of the videos I sent you yesterday, yes. by the way? Okay, yeah. good, good. Okay.
3: I watched all of <laughs> them.
0: So Lady May is, is my new favorite song uh, by Tyler Childers. Have you heard it? I have not. Oh, it's great. I don't think I can play it on here without copyright issues, but – Can you sing it? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I can't sing like Tyler Childers. But here's the thing. It's just the, the guitar
1: part I love. That's uh, an older song, right? Or is it, new? is it on one of his previous albums? Mm,
0: 2017. Is it? Is it Tw-
1: the, oh, yeah. It sounds familiar. Purgatory but I, is the album. I'm so terrible with song names because, like, used to when you put a CD in and I'm looking at the case and, like, I know the tracks and I know the names. Mm-hmm. And Lord. now it's on the phone and I just sit, like, play, run through it. And it's on the screen, but I'm not really looking at it like I used to. So I probably have heard it, but I'm just not. Yeah, as big
2: really. of a music purist as I've heard that you are, I figured that you would know a everything purist. about. About you Tyler know, I Hors. had a weird Al
1: Yankovic <laughs> CD once upon a time, right? I don't know <laughs> if you can call me a purist by any <laughs> Country stretch. Music, purist. I just I love music, man, all kinds. I listen to music all day, every day, all varieties. My family was pumping music through the house all the time growing yeah. up, and. I do love Tower Childers, but I, I don't know all the, the breakdown of all the names ah, yeah. uh, of every song like I used to, which is why I've kind of gotten back into, uh, you know, buying um, records and having it in your hand and mm. the sleeve and all that stuff. And you think about, which now you can very easily rip onto an MP3 and put on your phone the same way. So you can have both. And a lot of new albums, obviously, if you go buy the record, is going to give you that digital copy, which I think is a great yeah. idea from the artist. But, um, you go to Ralph's records going for four bucks. I mean, they're giving the greatest stuff ever made away for $4 or whatever. Wow. And so I've kind of gotten back into that, uh, over the last handful of years. And I don't know, there's just something about like having that in your hand. And you talk about art, like record art. Hmm. Once upon a time, yeah. there's some covers you just like stare at forever. Yeah. And I just love, I also love the fact that I can go back on artists that I, I love and think I know every song of you go find a record, you put it on, and there's something there you've never heard before, mm-hmm. which I yeah. it takes my favorite artist to get me to listen to an album that way anymore, mm-hmm. like a new release to where you find something new. But otherwise, a lot of times it's like, oh, you hear this song and you get the song or whatever. It's kind of like piecemeal, I guess, in, yeah. in a way. But I love going back and just putting on something that I don't know everything on, mm-hmm. but I haven't listened to a million times. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, like a, I'm from Littlefield, Texas. I'm a Waylon Jennings fanatic. But I can go get a record because he put out about I don't know six thousand of them, like they used to do about six records a year, whatever <laughs> it seemed like. And you put something on, you are like, man, this is a song I've literally never heard before, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to get that experience anymore. I feel awesome. like at least for guys that are have yeah. grown up and are not in their teenage years, yeah, yeah. that's
2: kind of why I hate when artists release a single before they release the album too. You can't when you when they release the whole album, you can experience the whole thing as it is, yeah, but, for sure. But then. They released the album when the single's already been released for six months. And that one just kind of... Well, the flow
1: of the album. Like an album, they don't all have to be this way. But an album that has a flow, it doesn't have to be like a a concept album or anything, even though I love those. Mm But I mean, they put them in an order for a reason Mm. most of the time. And I think most artists feel like it makes sense in that way. So, I mean, Tyler Childers is definitely on the list of just let the album play and you don't have to pay attention. Uh, You know, guys like Sturgill Simpson. And I mean, some of those I want to hear from beginning to end. Mm. It's it's kind of like a movie, I guess in a way for your ears. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe if I had a $50,000 sound system Uh and you told me what movie do you want to see? I want to see with my ears, a Sailor's Guide to the Universe Galaxy. What's that album called? Sailor's, Sailor's Guide, Guide to, to the Universe. Universe. Mm. You familiar with that one? Starchild Simpson. I'm not. No. I mean, it's like you listen to it. I don't know how long it is. Maybe it's an hour or something. But it it all weaves together. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. I like it when they do that. So it's like oh, so each track just goes into the next and the next. Kind one. of. Okay. I mean, you can easily listen to them separate and uh-huh. not not miss out on anything. I got gotcha. you. But in one sitting, that's another album cover that. Yes. to stare at. Yep. Him. Yeah,
0: I used to get really nervous when people asked me what I thought about albums because I told them like, uh, "Oh, I love Alan Jackson's uh, um, whatever song on this particular album. I love this one." They're like, "Oh, what do you think about the rest of it?" Literally, me having listened to that one song yeah. I'll repeat for the past day. <laughs> so I'm I'm different. I'm opposite when it comes to albums and artists. I find yeah. one song that I like, and if somebody asks me if I like that artist or that album, I'm like, "I like that song." And I tend to I tend to get that way. I tend to focus in on that one song and play it on repeat again and again and again until I don't like it anymore. Then I do the next. Mm. So I'm a very I'm a very terrible music person in that way. <laughs> you I should be ashamed. I, of I really should be because I don't <laughs> I don't think I enjoy music the way that you're supposed to enjoy it. I think the way you no guys way. describe it, it sounds like it's the better, more fulfilling way to enjoy music. No, I think you just enjoy it as you enjoy it. All All right. There's no wrong way. Can you
2: go back to that music later on? years from now
0: oh yeah yeah i can i mean i've got stuff that i that i know i've out. listened to for uh you know like here here for instance i listened to bill withers lean on me on repeat when i got my little ipod shuffle the, the little ipod nano the the one that's like that big yeah um i listened to it constantly when i first got it when i was like 15 mm. about a year ago i went through a phase where i listened to it constantly for a couple days and but you didn't get into
1: the bill withers album no you're missing out. Okay, that is that. the wrong way to do that. I'll take <laughs> back what I just said a moment ago. Well, that, That's one of those $4 records I scooped up, Bill Withers, and you know the hits. I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time, RIP. Yeah. I think he just took the long nap like a year ago or maybe two years ago, but uh got a Bill Withers album because mm-hmm. of some of those hits and then just let it run through. Yeah. Oof. Smooth as eggs, baby. I love <laughs> Bill Withers, man. Who is he and what is he to you? Mm. <laughs> mm. If you can work in the lyric dad gummet girl uh-huh. like he does there, who is he and what is he to you? I was looking at you in your eyes too much there. I'm sorry I if know. I made you feel uncomfortable. I was like not don't accusing you of anything. Step one, assert dominance. Don't That's break that right. context. Are you mirroring me? Mm-hmm. I need to be mirroring Jason. Yeah,
0: bring it on. No, you talk about art producing an involuntary response in you, your little shoulder thing. I'm like, if music don't make you
1: do That's that. That's exactly and- right. I have no control. I mean, I'll be like I said, I just I love music so I listen to it all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my vehicle a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, just drive down the road and then all of a sudden your hair is like standing on end. Like that happens to me a lot. Yeah. Just any song.
0: So what's a song that moves you? Like a song that will get you going like that, that actually
1: gets, gets down oh, deep God. in the heart and actually gets. Man, it, the list would be long. I mean, we just mentioned Sturgill Simpson. Mm-hmm. Uh, all Around You. From uh, that album, A Sailor's Mm -hmm. Guide to the Universe. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'll give myself goosebumps just thinking about it. (laughs) That's a great song. I'm moved by thousands, I guarantee you. I I just, music affects me that way. And I could never play anything other than a trombone, which I would kill. Really? First chair, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Man. That's the second trombone mentioned this week. I probably hadn't mentioned playing the trombone. I don't know why. I've kicked that out on two shows. I have no clue, but maybe. I'm not like musically inclined.
0: Really? No. That I know of. So, so like uh, you don't like instrument musically
1: inclined or singing musically inclined or anything in particular. If you heard me sing, somebody w- you'd probably say you're not musically inclined, <laughs> but you enjoy it. Uh-huh. You enjoy it. Yeah, they might say that. I hope they would say that. it would be the nice thing to say. So you should keep on singing. You enjoy it. Yeah. But once upon a time, yeah, trombone, baby. Until I got those braces, and then I had to break out mm. eighth grade um. band, cutting me up too much. I remember once upon a time we moved to the country, and it took a while to get everything set up, like as far as television and stuff. I was probably like 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. My father played the piano. I mean, I got kinfolk that Mm -hmm. play the piano, grandparents, stuff like that. You know, back in the day, it seemed like everybody had a piano in their house. They all played the piano, but yeah. uh, I remember sitting down and like picking out some songs just kind of, you know, by ear in a way, very, very basic stuff, but I could kind of play it and it would sound like it. I don't, for some reason, the Titanic song was what I used to play. (laughs) Oh and, uh, man! Then we got satellite television, uh-huh. and I remember my father saying, "Like you didn't have TV for two weeks, you're by ear picking out the Titanic song." We get TV back, and now it's just back to Cheez-Its and <laughs> whatever TRL or whatever. We used we were to watching be such intelligent
0: people before we got TV. Once
1: upon a time,
0: we <laughs> could we could land on the moon, we could do all this
1: stuff, and then we got TV and the internet, and it's like. <sniffs> You know, you're, you mentioned earlier, though, that like uh, with everything so bad right now, and I just really wonder if it is. It's not. Because we live not. in the best time to ever be a human. It's the best, man. Poverty, disease, mm-hmm. ease of use of whatever at your fingertips. I mean, all these things are yeah. at the best point that they've ever been. If you're talking about the general comforts of life, this is the best time.
0: If you're talking about mental and identity and spiritual and all that kind of stuff, I think it's probably one of the worst times and here's why. I think we got so much of the good that we're not able to enjoy enough of the simple. And I think sometimes people get wrapped up in all the good that we got and they can't get enough of it and sure. don't know how to handle it. It's like a fire hose to a baby. It's like you just they don't know how to handle it. And I think but I would agree with you. I think for as far as just general comforts, lack of disease, lack lack of death, people in third world countries, you know, are making are, are, are making more than they did 50, like making five times as much as what they did 50 years ago. Sure. And
1: yeah, I think for those reasons, it's definitely better infant mortality. Yeah. I mean, starvation, all these things, which by the way, we're on the cusp of a famine. I don't know if we need to get into that on this episode, but that, <laughs> that may be making a return. Yeah. That may be one of those things. We look that's back all the rage, and, uh, yeah. but i feel like that's part of the, the destruction of a culture too, is to make people really believe like this is all screwed up. Oh yeah. When it's really not. Well, you said it, you, you talked about going out to the, to see the agricultural
0: people and all that yeah if you just go outside and talk to people everything's kind of fine yeah it's, it's when you look at the news everybody everything's burning <laughs> down stop being happy
1: everything's bad don't 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 have any peace right go to bed afraid and it's like i no. you know as you're talking about like emotionally spiritually things like that in the world i think there's probably some truth in, in that being in a rough state right now but i also feel like it it's all cyclical, and we have to have these states. We've come out of an extreme period of comfort Yep. Uh, in the time that we grew up in, mm-hmm. decade apart. I don't want to put you in the same basket or anything. <laughs> you weren't exactly with me there in 84 when I hit the floor. <laughs> uh, but I read a book called The Fourth Turning, and it's just all about the cycles of life and how time is a flat circle. We repeat just like the seasons. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, times of, of great strife and then conflict And then that's going to lead to a more comfortable time. And then you've got a disintegration or whatever of that comfort. And that's the point we're in right now. Yeah. So we're going to have an uncomfortable reset. I think we really have some hard times coming uh, here in our country. We're not there yet. It's going to get much worse. I really do think food is going to be an issue globally. I mean, they're talking about billions uh, migrating as a result of what they'll say is climate change, but I think it's going to be more so these people dying as a result of uh, famine and, if you really want to get full hat, it's intentionally inflicted, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because it's all based in destructive energy policies. Um, you know, like what's going on in the Netherlands, what's going on in a lot of places right now with farmers with agriculture, and don't think it can't happen here. I mean, we could pretty soon be dumping piles of manure on the courthouse steps in Lubbock, Texas. I hope not. I hope. Not. I love that that's the first move though for the farmers. Yeah, you're coming at us. Get the manure, boys. <laughs> get the manure. They ain't got no plan for that. Whenever that's covering up the front door, <laughs> they're good. <laughs> I love that. What are you going to do now? Get the manure. Oh,
0: yeah? Yeah. 30% reduction in fertilizer? Get the manure. You're going to be, they're going to be dumping manure on the courthouse steps and you're going to be like (laughs) going the other direction and they're like, wait, what's he doing? I'll be
1: back. I'm going to the Buddy Holly Holly Hall over here. Yeah, (laughs) they need a little spread too. They need a little spread too. But I really, I mean, these things are coming. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can look at places like Germany right now and they're like gathering wood for the winter because of destructive energy policies. And you kind of wonder, like, the people that are implementing these things, they can't be just total nincompoops. They have to know that it's destructive in some way, I guess. I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, so maybe good intentions are a part of it. But, you know, I think it's a C.S. Lewis quote that has something to do with, like, there's the, there are all kinds of terrible tyrannies, but there's also the tyranny of saying, I'm doing this for your well-being. Yeah. And that's as dangerous, maybe the most dangerous of all. The greatest,
0: the greatest, uh, uh, what is it? the greatest alibi of tyrants is safety yeah the public's well-being yeah. yeah that's that's the best because that's the thing nobody just stands up there and says i'm a tyrant i'm right. here to rule over you here to be tyrannical you know, it's cool. always about we always got to have a villain there's sure. always got to be somebody i'm protecting you against yeah i mean if we want to get super super uh tinfoil hat here well, actually no this is this is documented this isn't tinfoil <laughs> hitler and the jews jews are a threat they're a threat to us and our identity we got to have an enemy yeah, we got to paint somebody as the enemy, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say anybody's Hitler today. I'm just saying the things repeat themselves. The methods are the same. That's oh, all yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. And people have gotten ostracized, and people have gotten, you know, thrown off the air, thrown off of public life. There was that lady that got thrown off of the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah, she got thrown off of that mm-hmm. because of the way she phrased – and I think she could have phrased it better. I mean, she, and she's gone on record, I think, saying she could have phrased it better. But, you know, comparing the people wearing masks to Jews – or people not wearing masks, not vaccinated to the Jews, Holocaust. like
1: It was like your na- if your neighbor's ratting you out for uh, yeah. not wearing a mask, they're like a brown shirt is yeah. what she was saying. And it was a meme. I don't even think she was saying anything. It was a meme. Well, I mean, I don't care if she's in The Mandalorian
0: or not. I mean, I don't really – care about the the actors that they choose to put in there it's just more or less don't don't kick people off or something like that as because that just paints disney as a
1: company that i don't really want to watch anything they put out but and that's how they're going to
0: treat their people you know i wouldn't
1: i mean it's programming yeah i really believe that and it's wild to even think yeah. about that but you look at some of the things now that are involved in like a, a disney movie and i wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot mm-hmm. stick i wouldn't yeah. let my worst enemy's kid watch it now getting back to music that moves you i will say phil collins on tarzan
0: because it's pre pre-modern disney <laughs> out <of> all the <laughs> Phil Collins jams dude That's man hard. son of man
1: I don't even know that I kind of remember that Dude, about. he
0: went all out on that he said there's a line in that song he says from from uh with faith and understanding you will journey from boy to man I'm like <laughs> oh and maybe it's because a lot of modern day media is just so tough on boys yeah. not just men but boys oh sure and and where do men come from they come from boys man we got to teach them to be men and it's mm-hmm. like that was back during a time where there was those subtle hints and those subtle little bits and shows that you know i'm not saying I'm, you should show your kids 1990s and early 2000 disney's movies to teach him how to be a man but at least back then they didn't dog on the idea oh yeah and that's one thing that i appreciate about it and there's a meme uh, it says uh, it's it's a guy i'll just show it to you and i can put up on the video later but it's <laughs> it's uh, uh the, D- the disney executive saying okay phil now remember it's just a movie about uh, apes and a guy who lives with them. We don't need anything crazy on the soundtrack. Oh yeah, sure. Also Phil,
1: and it's him like standing in front of a piano that's on fire. Like, <laughs> right, right. Nothing too crazy. You're just not gonna nuts. dilute Phil Collins. Nah. I mean, that may be a good song, but it it's no Susudio. It sounds like so. No, I may but stick with that one. <laughs> it's it, it's it's one of my favorites. A buddy of mine in high school uh, got a a jeep. Grand Wagoneer, whatever, used vehicle to drive around when he got his license. It was white with gold rims. It's hilarious. And there was a Phil Collins CD stuck in it when he got it. Oh, man. And we jammed Phil Collins <laughs> for, like, two years, it seems like. Anytime <laughs> we were in that ride, it was Phil Collins that was on the box. I like, I really got to know Phil during that time, for sure. it has got some great jams. One more night.
3: Mm,
2: it's a good one. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of how I met your mother. I don't know if y'all are familiar with this, but Marshall had a old Cray Fiero that, and The Proclaimers, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, was stuck oh, yeah. in his car, and so five thousand miles.
1: Right, uh, <laughs> they had to listen to that on repeat. That was <laughs> a great 11. show until they actually explained how they met, how he met his mother. Oh, no. oh they gave away the magic. I was, I was like, like, oh, what an ending. Well, it was
2: just a terrible ending. Yeah.
1: The way... I love Marshall was one of the great all-time yeah, yeah. television characters.
0: <laughs> Isn't it funny how shows can be ruined by such a terrible ending? The kid's yeah, telling him can. about
2: dinosaurs, and he says, oh, thanks, I didn't want to sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at what's, since I'm an inspector, I think this episode is funny when Ted buys this old house, and the inspector comes in and is like, well, I, knocked, or I rang the doorbell, but it doesn't work. He's like, oh, yeah. Doorbell does not work, <laughs> and he goes upstairs and he comes back. He's like, "Well, I think we're going to be out of here early," and oh, that's great. And He said, "Well," and he starts naming off all these terrible things. Oh, no termites! You know, <laughs> and he said and he mentioned the hobo, and he walks off. and Marshall's like, "Did he just say hobo?" <laughs> and later, falls through the ceiling. He's like, "Found the termites! <laughs> Found the termites!"
0: <laughs> I love you know that's one of my favorite forms of comedy. It's really quick comedy. Like yeah. when things happen super quick in a, in a skit, like somebody gets hit, somebody runs into something, somebody falls when it's, when it's really <laughs> abrupt like that, that's my jam when it comes to comedy. But then again, it's kind of unfair comedy. It's kind of like walking up to somebody and tickling them and saying, ha ha, I'm funny. Cause I made you laugh <laughs> or, or, or like a movie with a jump scare in it. It's like, ah, see, we're a scary movie because we jumped out and scared you. Oof. Like that to me is not a scary movie. If it, if it relies on jump scares, It's not scary.
1: Yeah, if they like never show you anything and you're terrified, that's a pretty good scary movie, I Mm. feel like. Like the Blair Witch, Once Upon a Time, when he thought it was real. But yeah, scary movies, I mean, those are the easiest ones to make poorly, I feel like. I love a good scary movie, but it's like one out of 100 or 500 that are any good.
0: Paranormal Activity, when it first came out, I remember everybody's like, This is the scariest thing ever. It's awesome. And I think it was because it was so novel. Like, that's back when the found footage thing was new. You know, they made that movie for 10 grand. Really? 10 grand. They made that movie.
1: Let me tell you this Amityville Horror, the Uh Ryan Reynolds remake. Mm -hmm. I saw on a Sunday night in a theater with a buddy, there's like two people in the theater, which for some reason made it even scarier. Mm -hmm. That movie freaked me Mm -hmm. out. And I go back to the house. I lived in a trailer house at the time. My roommates are out of town and i'm like i wish somebody was here with me right now all of a sudden my buddy calls me after you know an hour and he's like hey i'm thinking about coming to your house <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping on the couch like come on over bro come that on bad. over that bad. but that was no there's some jumps in it but you know like that one uh what lies beneath the Harrison Ford water movie mm-hmm. that one freaked me out back in the day signs when i saw that one in the yeah. theater mm-hmm. i'll have to go off on a tangent here but My family, I was still in high school, took my girlfriend to see it. We saw Bill Cosby at the Municipal Coliseum that night. So it was a scary night all the way around. We survived that one, though. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Uh, Saw signs like late night. My family had moved from the country into town because we had a black mold problem, we found out. So we're like ripping out the entire house. Right. So we're living in town in a duplex at this time. Our house is surrounded by corn that my father farmed at the time of course i have to call the old man hey we're gonna see a late show is that all right yeah when you're coming back into town because the farm was located between Lovick and littlefield on highway 84 check the wells at this farm okay and these are like um these are engines there's not electric wells at that time so it's like <laughs> you know like really <laughs> pumping out So it's like 30 when we're coming back home. I got my girlfriend, I'm 16 or 17, whatever it is. I got to go check this. In the middle of a cornfield, like you got to drive down the rows. I mean, you're surrounded. It's like as big as this room, the space where the engine is, the well motor, and you're surrounded by corn after seeing signs. And I remember my girlfriend was like, are you going to take me home before you go do that? I said, hell no. (laughs) You're right there with me. (laughs) And so you get out in front of the headlights, it's so loud, and uh, I don't know if that thing had any dribble in it or not, I don't know if it was running right, I just know it was on, and I got home ASAP, that movie freaked me out, and it probably looks corny now if you watch yeah. it, I hadn't seen yeah. it in a while, but I don't know why that, <laughs> that trip to the cornfield is one of the scariest of all time. <laughs> you were not prepped properly. And that relationship yeah. didn't last, I think that was the night she found that I was a coward, so she yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I'm not going to save you for anything in the corn. What do you
2: want me here for? <laughs> we used to mow yards when I was in high school and we got the Olton Cemetery job. There you go. You Beautiful. had to change water, which you spend enough time out there. It's just. You're right. You know? Yeah. And anytime people would say, it, like, we'd go change water in the middle of the night out there at the cemetery and you keep your head on a swivel, but. It's not near as scary when you, <laughs> when you spend hours on the end out right. with dead people. <laughs> like it's
0: just, Oh, I, I remember watching and it's not a scary movie, but I was scared of it as a kid. It was deep blue sea with Samuel Jackson in it. With the shark. Yeah. With the, with the biologically engineered sharks designed to cure Alzheimer's. And it's like, what, what are we doing here?
1: <laughs> I never saw that. Are you making this up? Right no, now, no. They're,
0: they're designed to cure Alzheimer's and they're making super sharks out there. And it's like. It's supposed to play with this deep idea of, oh, like, what are we going to do? Like, we we, we, uh, we we, give sharks the ability to, to think and to be, like, just super sharks, and they're super right. intelligent, but we get to cure Alzheimer's. Is it worth it? We got a whole ocean full of, you know, these crazy killing machines. Right. Any, anyway, um, yeah, I just remember, because I was born in
1: Hawaii, and I grew up around the ocean. Oh, really? Would not go swimming for a long time after mm. watching that. Wouldn't go swim in a pool. Well, like Wouldn't, we already talked about, the road to hell is paved with uh, bioengineered Alzheimer curing sharks like (laughs) that is that's common knowledge That is the greatest change up of that quote ever. (laughs) I'm just good intentions, bioengineered sharks. (laughs) I think it fits. It
0: is. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome.
1: (laughs)
2: cancer cure that turns everybody into crazy zombies. I am legend.
1: Wonderful movie. Ooh. Yeah, or a vaccine that blows up a teenager's heart. So there's all kinds of wild stuff going on. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Here we are again, folks. Shout out to those myocarditis maniacs out there in the audience.
0: <laughs> Demonetization coming near to a, po- to a podcast near you. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm not even monetized, okay. man. It's all good. <laughs> it's funny the steps that YouTubers and podcasters have taken to keep themselves from getting demonetized, mentioning mm-hmm. that stuff. Like there's one guy. JP, um, Awaken with JP, you know, that guy, long, long red hair. He's a very dry bar comedian type dude. And he'll, he's a, he, anyway, when he says vaccine,
1: he'll go. Yeah. He'll like, I've heard some guys like that. They'll just mess it up to change the word. Yeah. It's that we're at that point. I mean, like Jeff Goldblum says, life finds a way, you know, (laughs) and there you have it. Stupidity and
0: tyranny find a way. (laughs) Speaking of which. Greed found a way with those new Jurassic Park movies. Those were garbage. No. Oh aff- no offense if anybody likes them.
1: Jeff Goldblum is rolling over in his grave and he's not even dead. He's just <laughs> weird like that. He hated it so much. He, he went, and went and into rolled, a grave yeah, and he rolled. <laughs> rolled around in it a little bit. Yeah, it was bad. And they tried to to bait people by putting the original three actors in the new oh, one. one. They didn't get me. No. I was out at Vince Vaughn in like the second or third one. When Vince, the, Vince, Vaughn Vince Vaughn was in Vaughn? one, remember? Like Which the one second in? one. Oh, yeah. He was the oh, uh,
2: way back. I've seen just yeah. the original one. I've
0: oh, yeah, well, that, that's, that's probably, an enchanted life. It's a too. good place to yeah. stay. No yeah. kidding. You think about that, though. I wish like if there was a way to have only watched one of a certain series of movies, I would do it. Like if I could go back and only have seen the original Star Wars and not seen any of the new new ones. Maybe so I would add the f- in the prequels. Maybe the but, first three or just the first three. Yeah, the original eighties and early late seventies ones. Right. Um, I'd probably do that with the original Alien movies, mm. Alien one and two. Speaking of which, mm. going back to female protagonists, I like what Alien did with the female protagonist because they made her a strong female, but they didn't make her insufferable. Mm. That's what I appreciate about those movies. Is yeah. you can have a strong female lead. I was I was meaning to say this when you were on the subject of the new. Predator movie. I've got no problem with a strong female character. No, I love Ellen Ripley as, as the lead in that movie. She's a strong female character. I love Sarah Connor in Terminator two strong female character, but they're not insufferable and they're not Mary Sue's. They don't demean all the people around them to make themselves look good.
1: Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, that's just realistic. Yeah. All the strong women I know in real life, which I know plenty are not victims, Exactly. but like so many of the movies now, like, Oh, she's strong because she was a victim. Yeah like uh i don't know man i mean it's really more offensive than anything it it really is
0: it's pan, it's pandering and it's yeah. and it's demeaning to them more than anything i think about my
1: sisters or my mother if if i felt like they were brittle enough or weak enough that i had to tell them all the time you're beautiful strong independent like how offensive is that they'd be like yeah, yeah i don't need to be told that all day every time. How, how much of those things are you actually if you need to be told it all the time <laughs> you're none of those things yeah <laughs>
0: but and the and the cool thing was that sarah connor was a she was a victim in the sense that something happened to her like she got chased
1: by a killing robot you know that's bad wasn't her redeeming quality no it was how she came out of it. right exactly now it is like i'm a victim applaud me yeah admire me (laughs) that's really a wild currency that we trade in right now socially victimhood And it's as toxic as anything can be. I mean, I think about when these these people grow up and have to deal with like middle life or things like that. You know, and like you were saying, you're not going to be a prisoner of your 20s forever. You're going to change. Your mind will change. Your perspectives will change. Don't develop your identity in your 20s. Don't do that. Don't don't
0: definitely don't develop your identity in your late teens. Don't don't do it. No. (laughs) But. No, I mean, in in wrapping up, I really do want to end on a hopeful note because that was kind of depressing talking about the social currency stuff. <laughs> but I do think people are waking up to it. I think, you know, you talked about how people don't know how to think anymore and people just aren't thinking anymore. Critically. Critical. Critical thinking. Yeah, yeah. We, we've become a world of not people who think critically, but we're critical of those who think. And I think –
1: Put that on a T-shirt.
0: Man, I'm, I'm telling you. Get it's, a it's,
1: bumper sticker or something.
0: It's fortune cookie wisdom, man.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but – I think people are waking up to that. I think people are are, are they're, they're choosing they're choosing the right pill and and they're they're waking I up agree. to stuff. And I think they're seeing the absurdity of things. And you know, this is the thing. I know some people who lean a little bit left. I'll, full disclosure, I'm right leaning government wise. As much involved in government as I am, which I'm not. Um, there's some social stuff I might be a little bit more centrist on. But there's people who are on the far side of issues that are having more conversations about these things. Yeah. And I can appreciate that. And I think that's a sign that we're not quite as polarized as we'd like to think we are. And I think that's where the problem is. I think the more we think we're polarized, it's where it becomes a self-fulfilling, po- pro- self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: Right. Like them saying uh, magic is for children. Then you go to camp and it's just all kids. Self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Michael Scott, Casey Cowan. <laughs> <laughs> No, I totally agree. And that's why I have faith in the populace, because I'm Mm -hmm. seeing the response. I feel like so many people for so long, because this has been going on for a while, like the building up of it, hell, it's been going on since the 60s, Cloward Piven and all these things. I mean, this is a plan, well-funded, well-orchestrated, et cetera. And so many people just haven't had to pay attention to it or like kind of reconcile their thoughts with how they view these things, I Mm -hmm. guess. But then all of a sudden, it's like... My sophomore daughter is getting beat by a dude in a track meet and I'm a bigot because I think that's weird. <laughs> so now I have to reconcile. I think these things are becoming so in your face and so yeah. absurd that people are having to say, yeah, I, I always thought once upon a time, not always, but at some point a while ago, I thought this is not like a, a liberal versus conservative or red versus blue thing. It is a common sense versus none thing. And I, I don't think, think you're so. just born necessarily with common sense. Nope. So it's not necessarily their fault, those who don't operate in that kind of world. And I'm very encouraged by like what seems to be what you're describing there, that so many people are just saying, look, I got all kinds of different opinions on fiscal issues and social issues and whatever, mm-hmm. but I got common sense. I want to be a good neighbor. Yeah. I'm going to pay my bills. I want to make a living. I want my kids to have a better life than I did. Mm-hmm. I still think there's like 300 million Americans that want that. I think and there so. may be twenty million that are insane <laughs> on both extremes. Yeah, and if yeah. we let them, they'll just burn us up in the middle with their flamethrowers. Yeah, that they're cast into each side. But <laughs> I don't really feel like we'll let them do that. It's going to be a struggle, but I don't yeah. think in the end that it'll be that way. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for I it. Too. Yeah,
0: Sawyer's not hopeful. Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: hear you chiming in there. Sorry, yeah. I
0: didn't hear. Skeptical. I didn't hear. I didn't hear you agree. Do you not agree with us, sir? That's right.
2: I'm probably the one who spends the most time on Twitter, and so it's. Oh uh, yeah, it's pretty disheartening. Bad, bad sampling. <laughs> bad, bad I got sampling. into an argument the other day with a guy, and I do generally do not engage with people on Twitter because you can't change no, people's no. minds. But it was about farming, and so I had to go in on him. Yeah. Well, think about all the
1: things we've discussed here. If we were each on our phones. Conversing over Twitter. And it's like, okay, I got Mm -hmm. limited characters and I want to make sure exactly I say exactly what I say. And then like you just kind of skim over mine. You're like, well, I don't like that part. So now I'm going to say exactly what I want to say. And we're not even really talking to each other. We're talking at each other, I guess. We're talking past each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's not meant for any kind of conversation. I I get so fed up with all these commercials, Facebook, all the social media stuff. Connect with your community. Look at your grandparents on a video. Uh, I don't need Facebook to coach me on how to connect with a community, or so oh, that's not connecting. When an no. I, when a, when an AI, hey, when an when an AI began to coach
0: us on how to have a better interaction with other humans, <laughs> that's when you know things were downhill right. from there. I mean, the, the, you know where that started? It's when inter, it's when uh, websites
1: started to say verify that you are not a robot i'm sorry you're a robot right (laughs) why are you telling
0: me to verify that
1: ai training is what i've read they're like point out every bicycle in this image or like all the images with bicycles and i've read (laughs) that that is training the ai to recognize bicycles like you're actually you're helping it out or whatever uh, so now I refuse. Not today, Skynet. I will not access this website. I'll not tell you what a stoplight actually looks like. I don't need. I don't need this subscription or this free. <laughs> this
0: free coupon or this coupon. I don't need
1: but, it. But you know, I'm sure y'all have noticed, like television commercials. All these these corporations who have got no values, really. I mean, and I'm not saying they necessarily have. I don't care. Make a profit. Try not to kill anybody. You know, treat your employees as best you can. Yeah. But all these commercials now are just like it's GE that's telling us we're all in this together. Mm. Take a flying leap, (laughs) GE. I mean, I don't just sell me your washing machine. Yeah, I don't need to be inspired by you. (laughs) The like commercials really wear me out these days. I just hate them anyway. But the 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 faux inspiration and you'll like Super Bowl time, you get so many of these and blah. It just makes me throw up. I mean. (laughs) We don't need to be coached by you. We don't need to be hall monitored by you. Mm-hmm. Sell your product. Leave us alone. Yeah. But I I don't know how we reverse that train. I guess you, you got to hit a bottom, right? To to re- I don't want to say reverse, but to change course, you got to hit a bottom. And I don't think we've quite hit it just yet. Yeah, I think I think we got to realize we're
0: in the bottom. It's 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 the prodigal son. You got to realize you're in the in the mire with the pigs before you uh, turn around. That's the problem. A lot oof. of people don't know that they're there. It's, and that story, it's when he comes to. It's when he realizes that he's in the mire with the pigs. Yep. That's when he gets up and says, I'm
1: going to go to my father's house. I'm going to go have a feast. That's like, a good point, man. And there are a lot of people that realize that, and there are a lot of people that don't. Yeah, you're right. And it's
0: its not all things to all people. That's thats, that's as much as I know. Sure. We're but, all just trying to make it. Yeah. But I've loved having these kind of conversations with people, especially agents and other people in the business. its You find out. You know, because our our conversations that we have with other agents are pretty short—thirty seconds, a minute. Get yeah, the water heater flushed. They're not. In touch. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, clean out the AC system, replace the dishwasher, whatever. Have a good day. Thanks for the business. Having conversations like this, it exposes to me. You know, we're not all that different. Like, Again, yeah, yeah. we we disagree on a couple things here and there, but in general. Pretty similar, you know?
1: Well, yeah, but, I mean, try to get an appraiser in here and feel that
0: way. Yeah, appraisers, uh, no, they're they're not real people. They're just robots. I love you, Tyler Cheney.
1: I love you. I love you, man. yeah. My bad, TC. I didn't mean to be. You know, I... I did think this was kind of weird because I just came up here to get an inspection report, and now we've been sitting here for like an hour I and know, I a half. I'm like, guys, I've been, I've been gaslighting this whole I mean, time. I, did, I do enjoy visiting with you, but oh. could I just get the report, please?
0: <laughs> you'll get it in 72 hours, and you'll like it. You guys are all very
1: right. thorough. <laughs> Recommend you to everybody I know. Uh,
0: appreciate the plug. Oh, speaking of plugs, so your podcasts. What?
1: Yeah, uh, Black Label Radio, okay. weekly. Uh, Every Friday morning, it's uh, me and my guy Kirk Lee Knowles. He is uh, one of those at the leading edge of the name, image, and likeness monetization movement within college athletics. He uh, runs the uh, Level 13 Agency, which is uh, representing student-athletes in this new era, representing businesses that want to connect with Texas Tech student-athletes, etc. Anyway, that's Black Label Radio. You can uh, check that out anywhere you get podcasts. It comes out every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. And uh, Locked on Texas Tech with uh, the only Chris Level, the legend. Uh, we just got that going two weeks ago. That's a daily podcast every morning, um, 7 a.m. on YouTube. It's up at 3 a.m. wherever you get your podcast. but that's called Locked on uh, Texas Tech. So I nice. would appreciate anybody subscribing and checking it out. Link will be in the show
0: notes. Hell yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. Appreciate would it, would appreciate a plug as well from – all two of our subscribers, uh, my, my, my mom likes to tune in every now and now and then. <laughs> and okay, she leaves nice comments and stuff. I hope she's not a huge Avatar fan. <laughs> she's not.
1: <laughs> I want to offend the whole family.
0: <laughs> if you're not offending your family, you're not having fun. Are you going to see the second one though?
3: Hmm?
1: Nah,
0: I don't know. You're kind of jaded. Like th- there's a there's a morbid curiosity, but morbid I mean, curiosity. I don't know. It's like when when James Cameron pumps out stuff like <laughs> Titanic, Aliens, uh, you know. <laughs> Really good movies. It's like I, I, I don't know. And when he says that he's focusing the next ten years of his career on Avatar two, three, four, five, it's like I don't think you're the same guy, you know. Right, right. Just because you know you 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 wrote a good book, you made a good movie, doesn't mean that you're always going to do that. Oh, for sure. You know, Peter Jackson did the Lord Lord of the Rings trilogy, the greatest movie trilogy of all time, arguably. He made a clunker too. I mean, it's like I don't I don't know. It's just I'm. Probably not. Short answer. Yeah. Nah. Dumb and Dumber too sucked, you know. It, oh, it's, goodness. Sorry, we a that home the other other twice. Day. We watched Dumb and Dumber the other day. That was That holds up. I could watch that every day. That's the best comedy of all time, in my well, it opinion. It definitely holds up. No question. It is so good. <laughs> Fade out.
3: Mercy.